controversy at the end of the Kings and Heat game that I'm not mad at, but Kings head coach Mike Brown is. He speaks up, faces a fine, but stands up for his guys. We'll talk about it. Plus, the Kings lost to the Heat, the good and the bad, right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason today, presented by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. And to be very honest with you, even though the Kings lost to the Miami Heat 110 to 107, this is a game that I'm having a very hard time finding much to be mad at. And that includes the controversial ending where Tyler Hero, it looks like, traveled. And going back and watching it, zooming in, watching it in slow motion, I think he did travel. But I'm not really mad at the call not being made. I'm not really upset that the referees allowed the play to continue, missed the call. We got that Tyler Hero game winner, even though there was still a second or so left uh, on the clock after he hit that shot. It was a very, very clutch shot. It was extremely well defended, I thought, by Terrence Davis there at the end. I was okay with allowing the game to just play itself out. Now, of course, Those of you out there who are not happy that it took a rule being broken for the Heat to win and the Kings to lose, and based off the Kings' past with uh, officiating, not just years before in in a certain Western Conference Finals, but even this season to this point, the officials haven't been the kindest to the Sacramento Kings at times. I know that there's probably steam coming out of your ears, that you're not just willing uh, to push this game aside or wave away a traveling call on a game winner. Hey, I don't necessarily blame you. But me personally, the way this game went, the way it was played, how back and forth this game was, how many more good things than bad things came out of this game for the Sacramento Kings, in my overall opinion, and and, and watching consumption of this game, I would just say, okay, like, it's a bummer, it sucks. The Miami Heat won off of a extremely clutch shot for Tyler Hero that he still had to hit, even if he did drag his pivot foot and travel I can live with it. I really can. And I don't think it is that hard of a pill to swallow as maybe it might feel to some of you out there. That being said, if you're not happy about this loss, if you're not happy with the officiating from this game, if you agree with Mike Brown and his frustrations, I don't blame you at all. And I'm not saying you're wrong. Honestly, I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong to be feeling the way that I'm feeling. I don't feel that bad about this loss. I don't feel that bad about the non-call. I think I'm probably wrong for that. It's just based off of the game that I consumed, that I followed. I listened to the game more than I watched the game. I was driving a lot for ABC 10 work, so I was listening to G-Man's call the entire game, went back and of course watched a majority of it, started really like midway through the second quarter, watched to the end of the game. Um, And again, the things that I saw, the ending to this game, nothing that really 
frustrated me or angered me to the point of uber frustration or, 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 or turning on this uh, camera and just venting and yelling and screaming. But I'm glad, truth be told, I'm glad that Mike Brown did. And Mike didn't yell and scream. In fact, you're going to hear from Mike Brown here in just a second what he had to say after the game that is more than likely going to get him fined. But it was stuff that honestly needed to be said, and it goes deeper than just this Tyler Hero shot. Take a listen. Miami Heat, Spolstra, and everything that they've done. And uh, Tyler Hero's a great player. Um, but at the end, of, he traveled. He traveled on the last play, and I would be. I would not be doing my job if I didn't come up here and protect my guys. My guys fought their behind off um, for close to 48 minutes. And to pump fake uh, on a side, then sidestep, and then one, sidestep or hop, and then one, two in a shot, and not make that call, uh, to me, it's just, just unbelievable. And... You know, that's I, I, not why we lost the game, although um, I didn't think we got a fair whistle. And I, I hope when, when the officials go back and, and, and look at the game, uh, they can see it. I thought Harrison got bumped on a drive that, that wasn't called. That was a huge momentum swing for these guys. And you know, I, 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 I kept telling the officials, I, I do, they're all great guys and they're good officials. But at the end of the day, uh, we, we have to go earn our respect. Um, you know, because right now, you know, people get caught up in the hype and the crowd of, uh, and the excitement of the crowd, and they look at what's on our jersey, I'm assuming, and see Kings and, um, you know, maybe expect us to lose. I don't know. But uh, it's just two, like, blatant calls that uh, were right in front of guys. Um, and I, I just I feel bad for my players. Again, we lost. Um, you got to own up to it. But when you have a team fighting, both teams, both teams fighting as hard as, as they fought down the stretch of a back-and-forth game, and you're going to, you know, not make the right call. right? It's right in front of you. And then just say, I didn't see it. That's it, tough. But then give them calls that are right in front of you. It's, it's just it's tough to swallow as a coach because, again, you just feel for, for how hard your guys work. You know, I, I, Malik came off and had a fantastic game for us. Delhi came off and had a fantastic game for us. And it, it was just a, it's a shame that, uh, that uh, you know, it, it, the game was called the way it was, especially in the fourth quarter. Did, I saw you kind of telling the refs right after, you know, you thought it was a travel. Did they say anything to you? Yeah, they said it wasn't. They said it wasn't a travel. And so, that, I mean, if that's not a travel, I, I don't, Slade, I, I don't know what the definition of a travel was is. And, you know, again, I, I don't know. Maybe they're caught up in the excitement of the crowd. Maybe it's the Miami Heat and we're the Sacramento Kings and it's Tyler Hero and it's a last-second shot and or walk-off I can, what do they call it, walk-off homer? So walk-off homer shot, maybe? Maybe maybe they're caught up, I don't know. But, I, I mean, I, 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 am, I am by no means a ref, and their job is as hard as hell, you know. But it's an ISO situation. It's one-on-one, -on -one 
and you're looking at the ball. I will be shocked, absolutely stunned, if Mike Brown isn't fined for those comments. Even if he's right, even if the last two-minute report comes out tomorrow and says that the officials blew the traveling call and, and that basket shouldn't have counted, even if Mike is, is, is validated in his frustrations, he still will be fined or should be fined by the NBA rules of criticizing publicly uh, NBA officiating. That being said, I think what he said needed to be said. And I think Kings owner Vivek Ranadive, the Sacramento Kings organization, or hell, even the players, should pull their money and pay off whatever fine that Mike Brown is facing. Because like he kind of said there in that clip, he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't speak out and do something. And this goes deeper, much, much deeper than just this game. He says in the clip that that's not the, the Tyler Hero shot isn't the reason why the Kings lost the game, however... I could argue it was because that was the game-winning shot. Had he missed it, Kings would have gotten possession or the game would have gone to overtime. Who knows what would have happened? What Mike is essentially saying is it's not because of the officials that the Kings absolutely 100% lost this game. But if he feels that a shot that won the game shouldn't have happened because of a travel that was blatantly missed by the officials, I'm okay with him pointing that out. But again, it goes much deeper than that. It goes. It has to do with Mike Brown watching his starting center in DeMontis Sabonis fouling out three times already this season in the first, what, six games? It's about Mike Brown watching his star point guard in De'Aaron Fox, who is one of the best in the league at getting and scoring in the paint and around the rim, watching his average free throws per game drop by three over the last two seasons. Where he was at two seasons ago, He's averaging three less free throw attempts a game now as he is more established in the league and is playing like a star, not getting that star preferential treatment that I know frustrates so many Kings fans and NBA fans in general with how the NBA officials call games. De'Aaron is not getting that fair shake. So whether it's Sabonis fouling out and ticky-tack fouls against Sabonis when on the other end De'Aaron Fox is not getting those whistles, or a Tyler Hero game winner, Mike Brown, to this point this season, has not felt like the officials have treated him fairly, have treated the Kings fairly, and he's sticking up for his guys. There are different ways for coaches to do this. A lot of coaches choose the route of, I'm going to yell and scream and get a tech during a game or get thrown out of a game to one, fire my guys up, and two, show them I have their back. Sometimes that results in a fine, sometimes it doesn't. In this situation, Mike Brown is publicly, calmly, and professionally, I feel, and also convincingly, taking the mic at a podium on nationally broadcasted television and speaking his mind, criticizing the officials for what he feels is unfair. He is, again, going to be fined for this. If he's not fined, I will be beyond stunned. He is willingly taking on a financial penalty to have his teams back, to speak up for not just the injustice, his perceived injustice of the officials in this game, but the injustice by the officiating in multiple games to the point this uh, to this point so far this season. Even if those officiating crews have been different people, it's not been the same crew sliding the Kings every single time. But it doesn't matter. He and the Sacramento Kings 
don't feel like they're being treated fairly. And he's willing to step out and speak out about that and take a fine. That's leadership. That's something that I love to see at head coach Mike Brown. But again, other, and even, I mean, I'm not even mad at, at the Tyler Hero game winner on the missed call. I'm not really mad at anything when I'm watching this game. Not every single King's loss has to result in a bunch of frustration, a bunch of anger. Like, I, I was thoroughly enjoyed by this basketball game. 26 lean changes, 12 ties each quarter. This was pointed out by Frankie Cardicelli on Twitter. Each quarter separated by two points or, or less. This is a very entertaining back-and-forth basketball game featuring two teams who are missing their best players. No Jimmy Butler for Miami and no De'Aaron Fox for Sacramento. Didn't really matter. Super entertaining, super back-and-forth, fun game. Both teams had more than their fair share of winning. Some team had to win. This time it happened to be the team in Miami that is a better team. They're a better team, even if the Kings have beaten them already this season. That team has playoff and championship aspirations in the Eastern Conference. They have, they're a better team with championship experience, and they know how to rise to the occasion in these big moments. Plus, they're on their home floor. Like, it doesn't surprise me how this game ended up. It doesn't surprise me that the Miami Heat were able to creep away with this loss. It's frustrating, sure, that the Sacramento Kings lost another winnable game. It's frustrating that the majority of the Kings' losses, if not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, all of the Kings' losses, maybe with the exception of the Memphis game, the Kings have really been striking distance in every single one of these games. Hey, that's kind of what we wanted. We wanted the Sacramento Kings to be competitive on a nightly basis. For the most part, they are. They were uber competitive in this game. Yeah, there were a couple of times where they probably should have sealed the deal and closed it out. They didn't. They lost to a better team, and they lost off of a travel but a incredible shot from Tyler Hero, who, again, was red hot when the Kings beat the Miami Heat just a few nights ago here in Sacramento when he had 34 points. So that was a bit of revenge for Tyler Hero in his own right. Again, if you want to be mad about the officiating, you want to be mad at certain things about the Sacramento Kings, that's fine. Let's talk about it. And I'm okay with it. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I think, again, I think I'm wrong about the officiating. But let's talk about it. At Matt George Sack on Twitter, you can tweet me. You can email me, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com, or we can talk about it in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. In fact, when we come back, after I tell you a little more about uh, one of the great sponsors here of the Locked on Kings podcast, when we come back, I'm going to share with you a couple things that I feel I'm being nitpicky about, a couple negative things to talk about, and then a, a load more positive things that I want to talk about from this game, despite the fact that the Sacramento Kings lost. That's coming up in just a second. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast, like I mentioned at the top of the show, is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You don't want to draft the wrong players for the wrong position. Same way you want to put together the best roster of employees for your small business so it's running at peak efficiency. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And they have incredible tools like screening questions uh, that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. If all you have to do is add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And check this out. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked 
on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm not mad by anything from this game from the Sacramento Kings, but I am going to be nitpicky about a couple things. And I'm going to start with Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell filling in for De'Aaron Fox, who is out of this game with a bone bruise or a knee bruise. Uh, hopefully he will be back for the Kings game on Saturday against the Orlando Magic. But no De'Aaron Fox means not just Davion Mitchell, but everybody has to step up, up right? As a, as a team, the Kings had to step up and make up for that significant scoring load that De'Aaron provides, plus the way De'Aaron uh, runs the team offensively, the way he attacks the basket and, and attacks the paint, his paint touches that open up opportunities for everybody else. Those are massive shoes for any one player to fill. So I had realistic expectations for Davion Mitchell in this game. Wasn't expecting him to be De'Aaron Fox 2.0, even though he was getting starter minutes and having to fill in for Fox. That being said, in whatever, how many minutes he played? 29 minutes. Davion Mitchell finished with nine points on four of nine shooting from the field and four assists. Nine points and four assists. Horrible? No. Not enough? Yes. Everybody needs to step up, and other guys did step up. And ultimately, offensively, the Sacramento Kings didn't look as good as we know they're, they're capable of. That doesn't surprise me with De'Aaron Fox missing. I expected the Kings' offensive efficiency to drop off a little bit. Defensively, I thought they did really, really well. Holding a team to 110 points is really good for the Sacramento Kings, all things considered. And the majority of the time, I feel that if the Kings are holding a team to 110 points, they're putting themselves in a great position to win. They were in a great position to win tonight. Ultimately, couldn't close it out. It's not because of Davion Mitchell and him only scoring 9 points and only having 4 assists, but the Kings needed more out of their starting point guard, and Davion just couldn't deliver as much as I wanted. But... If I'm going to be nitpicky towards Davion Mitchell and his inefficiency and his lack of scoring in that starting lineup, I also have to be nitpicky about Keegan Murray. Keegan's been in a bit of a slump over these last couple of games. This was his worst game by far of his career. He finished with 7 points, 3 of 7 shooting from the field, 4 rebounds in 27 minutes. However, he was a plus 7 in those 27 minutes. Now, not the biggest fan of plus and minus stats. It's a team stat often giving credit or unnecessary criticism to a individual player. But what that says to me is that Keegan Murray was still doing things right and still was part of the Sacramento Kings efficiency when he was on the floor, even if he was struggling shooting. And that speaks to something that I talked to, I think last episode of Locked on Kings, which is Keegan, despite being in a slump right now, despite struggling with his outside shot, he's not forcing anything. He's still playing within the flow of the offense, getting good looks when they come to him, unfortunately missing a lot of them. The Kings definitely needed more of his scoring tonight. On a night where you're missing De'Aaron Fox, you need everybody to step up a little bit. That's not the best time for someone like Keegan Murray to have a bad shooting night. Unfortunately, it happened. It does happen. Keegan Murray's not to blame for the Kings' loss, uh, but it's worth pointing out. Uh, I know some fans were upset that Keegan didn't close the game. I think he was taken out around the nine-minute mark or something like that. I don't know this exactly. And he didn't come in for the remainder of the game. Mike Brown chose to help hold him on the bench. I, I, I partially understand why. Like, I mean, I, I understand why people are frustrated. Because I think Keegan is amongst the five best players. Offensively, even when he's having a bad shooting night, he's an absolute threat that you have to respect. Maybe it would have been better to have him out there instead of a Harrison Barnes. You weren't going to have him out or out there in place of Malik Monk, who did a really, really good job tonight. And I'll talk about Malik Monk in a little bit. So 
if you want to be nitpicky about Mike Brown's rotations and be frustrated that Keegan Murray, who was, again, plus seven and, and still somewhat efficient despite the fact that he struggled offensively, if you're upset that he wasn't on the floor there, I guess I kind of understand. I personally am okay, even as, as one of the biggest Keegan Murray fans that you'll find, I'm okay with Mike Brown going with someone else on a night that Keegan Murray wasn't having it. As good as I know Keegan Murray is, and as fun as I've uh, had enjoying all of Keegan Murray's success through the California Classic, through Summer League, and the early parts of his NBA career, I know he's not going to be a lights-out shooter every single night. Every single uh, player, they go through slumps. Keegan Murray's just as human as everybody else's, and he's not the greatest player to ever touch a basketball, believe it or not. So... There are going to be nights where, where Keegan has struggles like this. As a rookie, I'm okay with Mike Brown choosing an NBA veteran in Harrison Barnes or somebody else who's having a better night and who's been in those positions before to close out that game. Even if it didn't work, not the reason why the Sacramento Kings lost. All right, those are the honestly the only real things that I could find to be nitpicky about. I guess I could put in the fact that the Kings only shot 14 free throws in this game. I would expect that number to be higher had De'Aaron Fox played. However, the Miami Heat only shot 13 free throws, and the Kings also shot 85% from the free throw line. So they had a good shooting night as a team from the line, and the officials were just kind of letting them play, which is kind of a theme of the night. They let the three-point game winner for Tyler Hero fly. They were letting both teams play. It was way better than when the Kings and Miami Heat played in Sacramento a few nights ago and they were calling fouls every three seconds. So I'm okay with the, the officials letting them play. If the Kings free throw number is too low, but the opponent's free throw number is also too low, I'll live with that. I'm okay with that because there's not a massive discrepancy of had the Kings only shot 14 free throws and Miami shot 25 plus, okay, then we'd have a problem. But that wasn't the situation in this game. A lot of things, honestly, for me to be happy about. Let's start with DeMondo Sabonis. He finished with 22 points, tied with Kevin Herter, uh, leading the team in scoring. Very efficient 8 of 15 shooting from the field. I like the fact that he took 15 shots, recognized, okay, De'Aaron Fox is out. I'm the best player on this team tonight. I have to step up. And he did so. 8 of 15 shooting, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, once again flirting with a double-double. And maybe the best part of his stat line, only two fouls. Only two fouls for DeMontis Sabonis. That's huge, the fact that he was able to stay on the floor as long uh, as he did. Of course, DeMontis Sabonis did hit four clutch free throws. I think he hit all four. Four clutch free throws, definitely two clutch free throws at the end of the game to tie the game at 107. And we know free throw shooting has been a struggle not just for Sabonis, but for the Sacramento Kings as a whole at times. So to see him step up in that high-pressure moment, knock down both those free throws, that's what you expect your star and your leader to do. Sabonis, I thought, played well enough for the Sacramento Kings to win. He didn't take over the game, didn't really have to take over the game. Maybe the Kings would have benefited more from him taking over the game. But Sabonis put together a really solid night and did so without getting into foul trouble, which is excellent. Now, Kevin Herter, he continued to play very well. He also finished with 22 points, shot four of nine shooting from three-point range. He just He's a perfect fit, I think, here in Sacramento. I think Kevin Herter is... The backcourt two guard with De'Aaron Fox at the point of the future for the Kings. Like, I can see a scenario where they're here together for the next four plus years. Like, they just fit really well together. Of course, again, Fox didn't play tonight, but Kevin Herter has a much more significant scoring role than he did in Miami, and he's making the absolute most out of it. Now, this is below his 50% from three average, so 
tisk tisk Kevin Herter. How dare you not shoot over 50% from three-point range? But still, 22 points, uh, putting together a really solid performance. And then Malik Monk. Like I tweeted out before the game started, with De'Aaron Fox being out, who had to step up for the Kings? Now, the correct answer was everybody has to step up when you're missing your best player and someone who gives you the 27 or whatever it is points per game that De'Aaron is averaging. But I was looking at Malik Monk specifically. I needed Malik, especially with Davion Mitchell in the starting lineup, I needed Malik to take a lot of the scoring on himself. I needed him to step up in that scoring role. The Kings needed his offense. When they're missing the scoring of De'Aaron Fox, they need that offense from Malik, who's a microwave off the bench. He provided it for him, 19 points on 8 of 13 shooting from the field. But on top of that, what most Kings fans were impressed by tonight was how Malik distributed. He took on some of the assist load left behind by De'Aaron Fox. He was attacking the basket, getting good looks for his teammates. I thought Malik Monk as a whole played a really, really, really good game, did what I needed from him for the Kings to have a chance to win this game. Uh, so I was really pleased with Malik Monk. Also, I want to sneak this in really quickly. Matthew Dellavedova, I think, might be the perfect break glass in case of emergency point guard for this Kings team. Like He continues to stay ready. This is the second straight game where he's got playing time. Played fine. Uh, let me see if I have his full numbers here. He played almost 20 minutes, actually, which is more than you want Della Vadova playing, but because of the circumstances, that's why he's playing that much. Had five points, two of five shooting, one of one from three-point range, a couple rebounds, only one assist. Statistically, no, nothing that jumps off the page, but Mike Brown trusts him. He comes in, he plays with a hustle, plays with an energy, runs the offense, and has stayed ready, despite the fact that he's been plagued with injury issues over the last few years, and it's been a while since he was at his heyday uh, with the championship Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Uh, Matthew Dellavedova, I think, has done everything that you could expect out of a third-string point guard. So I've been very pleased uh, with what I have seen out of Delhi. Uh, more team stats that I really enjoyed from the Kings out of this game. Again, I know it's a loss. 29 assists to 12 turnovers. That's excellent for the Sacramento Kings, especially without De'Aaron Fox. They had a great start to this game, which I love to see. Took a seven-point lead, which was their largest lead of the game, early in the first quarter. They kind of... They, the, when they came out against the Charlotte Hornets, even with De'Aaron Fox in that game before Fox hurt himself, they came out kind of lethargic. They came out looking like they weren't 100% ready or 100% focused, and they paid for it early in that game. Against Miami, they came out and said, okay, we know we're missing our star in De'Aaron Fox. We can't afford a slow start like we had in Charlotte. They came out, kind of pushed the tempo a little bit, established themselves, looked focused, and it worked for them. Now, of course, Miami worked their way back into the game. Kings never got that much separation. Neither did the Heat. But overall, I like how the Kings started this game. Uh, the Kings did lose the points in the paint battle. However, they only lost by two, 54 to 52, the final score in terms of points in the paint. The Kings only losing by two points in the paint without De'Aaron Fox. I think that's a really big deal. I was worried that Bam Adebayo and the Heat were going to crush the Kings uh, in that sense. And then also 13 fast break points. Again, without De'Aaron Fox, the Kings getting out in transition. So many things the Kings did right in this game statistically. So many things for me to be positive about from the Kings except for this final score. It's a loss. It sucks. But it's one I can live with. Had De'Aaron Fox played in this game, I can't claim that the Kings would have absolutely won, of course, but I think the Kings would have been in a really, 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 really good spot to uh, make it three wins in a row and sweep the Miami Heat. A lot of the things that the Kings struggle with offensively, kind of establishing that inside-out game, De'Aaron Fox naturally 
fixes with just his play style and who he is on the floor. Now, of course, the Miami Heat were without Jimmy Butler, so had Jimmy Butler played and De'Aaron Fox played, maybe it would have been a different story. However, the Kings beat the Heat with both of them playing not too long ago, just a few nights ago. So, whatever. I can't claim that had De'Aaron Fox played, the Kings absolutely would, would have won this game, but I think De'Aaron... Um, of course, he would have raised the chances of the Kings winning, but I really, really think the Kings would have had a significantly better chance. Maybe this game wouldn't even come have come down to that Tyler Hero 3 uh, if Fox were playing. And Fox might have been guarding Hero in that last possession. We saw how, Fox, or how good Fox was in the fourth quarter against Tyler Hero uh, in Sacramento uh, just a handful of nights ago. So not claiming that the Kings would have won with De'Aaron Fox, uh, but this is a, a, a game where had De'Aaron been playing, I really, really, really liked uh, the Kings' chances. I also really like the Kings' chances coming up on Saturday against the Orlando Magic. Now, in the past, we've gotten in trouble, right, saying the Kings should beat this team. So I always have a hard time saying the Kings should beat any team. They haven't really earned that yet. That being said, if your expectation is that the Kings walk out of Orlando with a win and are three and five then on the season? I think you're absolutely right. I think it's more than fair to expect that. I think that's what the league expects. And sometimes, especially when you're a team like the Sacramento Kings, when you're expected to win and you're in the position the Kings are, you, you gotta. Now, I know Paolo Bancaro has been playing great. Keegan Murray's in a bit of a slump right now. If you're excited about the rookie-on-rookie -rookie battle, we got an excellent battle between the two. Uh, that went to overtime in Summer League right? So I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting a fun battle between the two, but I'm expecting Saturday's game to be a game that the Kings are in control of, even on the road. Not saying the Kings should win that game, but the expectation is that the Kings do win. That's my expectation. And of course, depending upon how the Kings lose, we don't know De'Aaron Fox status quite yet for that game. I'm not saying that there's no way that the Kings could walk out of Orlando with a loss that I wouldn't be okay with or not furious at, but with where the Kings are, with the expectations that they have, I know it's harder to win on the road than it is at home. These are games that the Kings have to get, especially coming off of a game in Miami that you could argue the Kings should have won, even though it was against a better team. We'll see how the Kings do on Saturday. We have time between now and then. The Kings have time to get healthy and correct some of their issues, so we'll see what they work on and if they look any different on Saturday. And in between now and then, I'm planning on having a guest on and doing some more uh, great Locked on Kings analysis content here, so please join me for that. Again, if you feel upset about this loss, let's talk about it. If you think I should be more mad about this loss, let's talk about it. At Matt George Sack on Twitter, email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Really appreciate your support. As always, if you could leave a review for the Locked on Kings podcast, that would be great. Really would appreciate that. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars. Uh, leave a little blurb about what you like about the podcast, why you'd encourage others to listen to the podcast. That would be great. And of course, continue to listen. I appreciate you so much. On the next episode of Locked on Kings, I will see you then. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.